Welcome once again to the Coaches and Leaders Assemble podcast with me, your host, Laura Royal from DNA Coach. This is the podcast for all things coaching, leadership, people and culture. And today is the third in my series of guest interview podcasts with our experts in their fields. And today we have an absolute treasure with us. We have the delightful Sarah McKenna from Sarah McKenna HR Recruitment and Northern Powerhouse house based in the northeast of England in my old stomping ground. I used to live in that lovely area and I guarantee you're going to thoroughly enjoy Sarah and I's conversation on all things recruitment. So without further ado, here we are with the lovely Sarah McKenna. Welcome the lovely Sarah McKenna from Sarah McKenna HR. How are you? I am good, thank you. Hi Laura. Excellent to have you with me today. Um, it's been a little while since I saw you last. I mean, I know I saw you on Zoom like two minutes ago, but in person, uh, last time we were together was at the Coaches and Leaders Assemble conference in Newcastle in June, which was an absolute delightful day. I absolutely loved it. So first of all, thank you for agreeing to speak at that. And then secondly, thank you for joining me today. How have things been since that time? Um, oh my gosh, it feels like a lifetime ago already. It does. Somewhere in between that. Well, then, well, yeah. thank you for inviting me to speak at that. I do really appreciate it, even though it was absolutely terrifying um, <laughs> right until the very end. But it was still a good, a good experience <laughs> to go through, nevertheless. <laughs> Well, you made terrifying look wonderful because you were absolutely spot on. You were great on the day, as I knew you would be. So, um, a fantastic job. So, really well done. You should be proud of yourself. <laughs> Too kind as always, Laura. I definitely do as my um, everyday cheerleader to make me feel better. <laughs> I speak as the truth. There we go. <laughs> Uh, so I'm delighted that you're joining me today because, as you know, um, and I tell everyone this when I speak to anyone about you, and it, it does sound like I'm a bit of a fangirl and that would be totally the case. But obviously we met a couple of years ago. I invited you to join the Engaged Mindset course that I'd ran again in Newcastle at the Maldon Hotel when I lived down in the northeast. And then we discovered only after I'd moved away back to Scotland that we literally lived around the corner from one another. Mm-hmm. And we only figured that out when I asked for your postal address to send you something. And I'm like, I recognise that address. So I must have been able to see your house from my back windows at the time. So <laughs> that would have been so funny. That would have been a good lockdown, buddy, um, if I still lived in that location during lockdown times. But oh. It really is. Um, so uh, quality okay? Can you still hear me all right, Sarah? Absolutely fine, yes. Fabby, Fabby. I just got a little thing pop up on the screen there, so I was just making sure it's all okay. So, of course, you are a bit of a powerhouse, I would say, in the northeast of England. Of course, we are geographically dispersed um, in terms of our listener geographic for the Coaches and Leaders Assemble podcast. But you do such a fantastic um, role in the northeast, and you're very highly regarded and widely recognised. And that's why I thought, who better than to come on to the podcast to talk about all things recruitment? than your lovely self. So without further ado, do please tell us a little bit about you and your business before we get into the thick of things. Okay, well, um, as it, I do what it says on the tin, so Sarah McKenna HR Recruitment, I specialise in um, recruitment of all worlds of HR, talent, learning and development, reward, anything that sits under that HR people banner. Um, the business has been running now for, it'll be coming up to seven years, which is absolutely wow. wild at the end of well this done. year. 
Thanks. Um, I have been recruiting for, I'd just say 15 years plus now. I'm not going to increase that number anymore. Yeah. Not necessarily. It adds no value to the conversation. Um, but I, I started in uh, just general kind of commercial recruitment, moved on to accountancy and then fell into HR recruitment probably about 15 years ago now and absolutely have loved it ever since. Um, hence why the business purely specializes in those in those roles. So I'm based in Sunderland, but I cover northeast predominantly, but UK wide. And this year, I um, recruited my my own first employee, who's an absolute star, and um, is making me very excited for kind of what we can achieve as a team of two, because it was a team of one for quite a long time. <laughs> Yeah, of course. But, you know, that's testament to establishing a really solid business in, in your local area as well. And now finding that opportunity to bring on somebody else into the business. So, um, you know, growing the organisation as you're doing is fantastic to hear, Sarah. So, so congratulations on that. And you've had the new website refreshed recently, I think. Yes, um, we've uh, again, we, I changed it from a, a me to a we because it was obviously just all about kind of um, me beforehand. Uh, but we sort of took a chance to really update it, but it went through quite a big exercise of like, what what do we do? How do we add value? What do people say about us as a business? Um, and that's what the, the website now hopefully reflects um so it's not just me saying hey i'm amazing <laughs> use me as your recruiter it's like kind of other people saying this is what you get when you use our service so i'm yeah. pretty proud of that to be fair fantastic so you should be so tell me the the website um, address for all of our listeners so how would we find your business online it's simply sarah mckenna hr.co.uk fantastic nice and straightforward nice and easy and of course we'll add all of your social channels onto the show notes that accompanies this, this episode so for our listeners listening at the time it is released check the show notes and you'll find all of Sarah's contact details for her wonderful organization so Sarah obviously being that specialist in recruitment and you know we've had some wild workplace challenges to deal with over the last couple of years and there's all the things that we hear in the media about quiet quitting we've got people um thinking about the the staff shortages that they might be experiencing what are what are things like for you at this moment in time what is sort of going on what are the the talk what's the chat around recruitment in your neck of the woods at the moment and i would probably say for the last about six months it seems to be set settling down in a sense of there's still a good amount of opportunities out there good amount of roles being advertised but there's also now a really healthy experienced candidate pool um also i would never say actively looking but certainly more open to hearing about opportunities than what it has been since and uh, early 2020 um so if anything i feel like it's in a really good place um however over the last what's it going three years now it is literally have literally gone through every single extreme that I've ever known so the last three years have probably been the most intense in my entire career um so I, I feel it, it's good it feels good that there's a little bit of leveling out which I think it's needed for a while yeah, definitely. And I imagine that um, right now there will be a wide range of people looking for roles, but also um, perhaps new generated types of roles that are available for people that you're aiding in that recruitment. So what would be the top tips for candidates, for example, that are out there looking for roles right now? What would you suggest for them? 
So on the candidate side, I feel like um, obviously the early 2020 where and when a lot of people's walls were being impacted and redundancies made, um, then I felt I feel like it gave employees when they did look to recruit again a bit of the the power if you like so when I and, I and I'm business so I obviously recruit for HR so I look at everything from a HR lens when I talk about the types of people I support however I recruit for HR in any industry and I hear conversations from them from every single type of business about the challenges they are facing for their recruitment internally in their business as well so I, I yeah. hope give a bit of a, a broader view of, of kind of what the market's like and regardless of level role type industry it, it has followed the same pattern to a sense in that a lot of people were made redundant um in 2020 and then when businesses did look to recruit again or rebuild the teams that they've kind of cut in panic uh they they were almost kind of being maybe it's not not recruiting people fairly shall we say because it was a case where we know there's a lot of people out of work right now and some some were kind of maybe taking advantage where it was that there was a lot of contracts because business didn't want to um commit to that permanency everybody was still in a bit of a state of um uncertainty and salary white salaries as well i definitely noticed that they took a small bit of an impact um but then obviously as as the, as time went on and people were like Do you know what we aren't going to we aren't going to go into the chaos that the um the media said we were going to and that started giving um candidates a little bit more of that control back which was good and needed but then at my clients for example there's a lot of businesses who have ha- who have done really well over the last couple of years and had to really build their businesses had kind of their headcount so they went and kind of and and had to mass mass recruit and then but a lot of businesses were doing the same thing so then candidates really kind of got clued up to the fact that do you know what there's a lot of lot of organizations wanting our skill set so we hold hold the power and that's when that was fine for a while again but then expectations just completely outstripped reality if I'm honest and a lot of roles um because although businesses were growing and they absolutely knew they needed their people to to um assist with that growth and they were needed there was only there's only so far businesses can go with regards to um those demands if you like um the salaries the bonuses um and all those it probably helped helped a lot of industries that had been underpaid for quite some time again the I would have conversations with some candidates that maybe weren't in line with what market rate was, and they were and they were missing out on good, on good opportunities because of that. Um, yeah. Again, I think that goes to the media of kind of playing out there of that, and um, there's a candidate shortage, and um, businesses need to do whatever they can and be flexible in every way to get the right people in. Again, that did benefit and, and help kind of move things on. Re- quicker than anything else has done in the past with obviously hybrid working and flexible approach part-time hours all of that good stuff and which is great um so but what what I'm finding now just go back to your original question of what are the top tips for candidates I do I do like to uh to talk but um that's why I got you on (laughs) so I like to talk as well (laughs) what I would say is that 
there are some superb opportunities out there. Businesses are bit of, there are new roles being created because of businesses that one didn't exist a couple of years ago, roles that didn't exist, the whole people, engagement, well-being, um, job shares. There's so many roles now that have been created out of that need, which is brilliant. Um so but what candidates need to also recognize is that they need they need to make themselves attractive to an employer yes absolutely an employer has to say right why should you work for us why are we a great business what can you gain from working with us and having your career with us but candidates need to also sell themselves um to and say right this is what i can bring this is the experience i have this is why i'm interested um and this is why i can um, really add value to your team and that's where I feel people, candidates maybe aren't focusing fully on right now. Um, so it's just it's, when I say it's it's leveled out. I think it's because the job seeker um, has got that should have that confidence to say, right, this is why I'm good for that role, but this is what I would expect. Um, for that, that's not what I'm trying to yeah. say. Saying, um, in a business, it has the right to say, right, well, we expect this we have these expectations we need this from you but what we can offer in return is this so it's just that kind of meeting in the middle rather than yeah. one that have more power than the other which I think that's where it's really fluctuated over the last couple of years um and that's what I always advise to people that that yeah you absolutely need to go for the opportunity that's right for you values wise career wise development but you you need to be able to confidently um, express or put down on your CV or application, what it might be, is is why you're that standout candidate. I completely agree with all of that. And it's something that really resonates with me when I talk to, and the line of work that I do, I go in and do a lot of um, training workshops, a lot of business consultancy, and, and that often shines a light on how are we recruiting and attracting talent into the business. And the three things that you mentioned there in particular, Sarah, is about you know the values that the individual has, but also the alignment of the values with the organisation. Um, what that person wants from their career and also what their development opportunities are. And I think if we can get that balance, that meeting in the middle that you described there is so powerful in order to ensure that we are getting great candidates feeling confident that they can apply for that role and actually that the reputation of the business because you said you know organizations thinking well why here's why we're a great business but really selling that as well so that we have that nice match of people for organizations so that there is an alignment with what businesses are expecting um and everything's nice and crystal clear so there shouldn't be any surprises I know way back in the early part of my career, we often spoke about the thing called the psychological contract for employees. You know, you get your lovely terms and conditions, but nobody really defines on a contract terms and conditions. And maybe they do these days. You'll be able to tell me right or wrongly um, what the expectations are on how you should be treated as a human being, for example. So there needs to be that alignment of a person's values um, to, to, to bring that to life. I think it's hugely beneficial. It is, and I think without a doubt, that's where the that's the biggest shift that I've I've seen over the last few years is that 
people applying for jobs really want to know who who is this business kind of who, what will I be part of especially when they're HR specialists it's like what what am I going into and what am I going to be supported with and they've got to believe in it um, and not every role is rosy and it's all not kind of perfect when you go in there certainly not when you when you're going into a HR position but they've got they've people want to know that the organization they're going into are, want to do their absolute best for their people um, and that can that can look completely different but it's kind of if it's done with the right intention if they want to give people the support that they need in their roles um, that, that that is like the, the, one of the biggest requests I get when I say right what are you looking for in your next employer and that kind of those values and people focused and that might sound like a, a cliche and just a buzzword but it it means a lot and I and when you have an organization that can clearly define this is this is who we are this is what we look to achieve and this is what people say about us who work for us that is worth its weight because that that ultimately is and now everybody doesn't is it can that's why we go to work we want to go where we are valued and recognized regardless of what that role is um, and having that alignment is is absolutely critical and people will always what well, it's it's I can understand why, but it frustrates us nevertheless that whenever I speak to anybody and they say, oh, um, I know it sounds I know it sounds silly or I don't want to sound like I'm being picky, but I would really like a business that wanted to improve their well-being or kind of or I could do mental health awareness. And, and, I, and I always stop them and say it's not being picky or silly like that's genuine. That shows kind of your your passion for people um and if that and if that's what they are looking for that's absolutely what they should should be asking for when they go when they go to companies um for, for interviews kind of right okay what do you do for well-being um how do you make sure that you develop it what is your um the diversity statistics for the business where are you on the gender pay gap report no one would have I don't know if many people would have confidently gone in and asked those questions, but if I encourage people to ask those difficult questions at interview, because it, it again, without it sounding a cliche, it is absolutely a two-way street. And, yeah. and people would go in an interview and expect to be challenged and ask difficult questions by the hirer. But then equally at that end of the interview, you should ask these. And if they can't give answers or aren't willing to come back to you with that information, again, that's got to be... Um, kind of raise question marks as well yeah and don't get me wrong not everybody that's not everybody's priority when they come to me with a job search but I would say every day I have at least one conversation where that 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 is what somebody is looking for Um, and I just always really try and promote that people should be absolutely comfortable and confident to um to ask those questions to make sure it's right Definitely. And you're right, isn't it? Because we're taking a job on good faith and we want to know that the company that we then become part of actually meets up to the the standards that, that we want to see in our lives. So whether that be our values, um, you want to know that you are going to be supported from a well-being perspective. I think those tough questions about diversity um, statistics in the organisation and where they're at with gender pay gap report is so crucial. And I think more and more people will be more open to that now because that's become more prevalent and more out there topics to be discussing because it's no longer the things that we hide on forms actually it's the the crucial part of our business and interestingly what you said there as well Sarah is so true about how we 
as organisations, and, and I'm thinking about some of the corporate workplaces that I've been part of before, and I think about some of the brand storytelling that they did for their customers on how great they are at customer service, how great they are at the product that they provide or the service, all of the statistics and the, the storytelling around that is really great to see. But actually, organisations should be able to articulate that, as you said, for their attraction of good people into the organisation, because that's so vital, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think the having that employee branding is absolutely critical. And it's not just for your it's not just for the customers. Um, the need the organizations need to have that focus on how they how they promote themselves to potential hires as well. And yeah. again, that's something as a as a recruiter, when I'm speaking with a client about a new a new role, I will ask a lot more questions now, kind of gone in the days where you would get a job, sent a job spec and you would just base the search on that. I mean, that's kind of classes old school now, if you like. It's all about right yeah. anymore. Like who, who's, what is the company behind the job spec realistically? Who are the people that this role will be supporting um, and needing to know? And again, you can you can generally tell when a business it, a business doesn't have that information. But there's also one thing about not having it, but trying to not not necessarily having the employer brand nailed down and being able to articulate it but wanting to do it again there's that appetite of right we're not there yet we don't have a flashy careers page yet we don't have the best benefits out there but that's what we are looking to do these are our priorities that is a completely different conversation to oh well that's the job it's full site based 21 days holiday no sick pay like <laughs> do you know, and there are businesses out there but again they stand out and they will attract a certain type of candidate and the other ones that have more uh, more of a storytelling and that information there to be found and are more open about it will attract another type of candidate so um but that's obviously definitely the way that businesses are moving and if they're not thinking about it now they absolutely need to be otherwise they'll be left behind and they will have a really serious problem with the traction um yeah I would think definitely and this is crucial stuff that you're sharing Sarah for anyone listening on the podcast regardless of what anyone's position is in an organization we all deal with recruitment in one way shape or form whether that be welcoming new joiners to your team or your department for example or maybe you're involved in the hiring process or panel um, anything at on the onboarding experience so anyone listening to this you will engage with a recruitment and onboarding experience in, in some way shape or form and actually be being able to listen to some of the points that you're raising, Sarah, from our listeners' perspective, asking ourselves, well, what are our companies doing today that really demonstrates that we are a person-centred culture, that we're not just a bums-on-seats game? Um, and I don't think any any organisations would, would portray to be like that these days, but there will be still some that have that lagging reputation shall we say that when there perhaps was a culture like that but people really do want to feel that they're joining a business that they can be truly part of because we spend an extraordinary amount of time at work it needs to be a place that we find enjoyable absolutely absolutely and I think that starts from an, one of the um and the, the points I was raising when I, I did the, the coaches and leaders assemble session and one that I'm really really passionate about is that that experience from that first interaction and it's not just about like how you sell the job to them with the interview or what um 
or kind of what what conversation you have with a three month probation. It's every single point of it makes such a difference. Uh, right, okay. If you if you say there's the closing date by this date and you will hear by then, if somebody hears doesn't hear by that point, right, that's one one red flag. And you know, and every so every single part of the process is quite straightforward in itself, but it's doing it right and doing what you say you will do makes such a difference to people thinking, actually, I'm start I don't I didn't know of this company before, but I'm really starting to build trust. They do what they say they're going to do. Um, every in communication I've had has been really efficient. Um, right, brilliant. Offers come through. That means they must really want me on board. Uh, right, okay, I know exactly what day one's going to look like. I already feel excited to join. There's so many brief, thought process that will happen at each touch point and it, it yeah and I think just from that first experience right the way through that means you've got somebody who's already bought in before they start and I know there's some statistic that Jen Tate shared didn't she about how many people um don't get past is it 90 days yeah, and yeah. the cost of that so it's like it, it's a technically a small part of the process to make sure that you've got everything right but it's a huge cost if you don't um, and impact to the brand so the the candidate experience before they even apply for a job um, or sorry before they even get offered a job is is really important um, and I know that not every business can has necessarily the resource to do everything 100% perfectly but it's just doing what you can with the the hit the, the team that you have um and there's there's quite straightforward processes and that you, you can put in place but it's doing um it's just trying to improve that whole experience will will have um uh, have have a huge impact i believe couldn't agree more with that sarah i i've experienced that myself uh, in days gone by when i've applied for roles in organizations and sometimes it's been at the point where you've sent an application in and you don't even hear a response from that either you know to say thank you we've received it we're reviewing or let alone what the outcome of that is so those those communication those clarity based touch points are really important and some of those things that then don't happen perhaps could raise a red flag because the candidate experience is an important one that's the only visibility that candidates have of a business when they're perhaps thinking actually do I want to be part of this this organization for the job that I've applied for so it is vital that we do that. And that's why I love what you share because your passion on that comes through. Even though you are a, a specialised recruitment support in terms of HR industry and all of the lovely things that comes alongside that, you'll be recognising what are those companies sharing about their story? How are they demonstrating their candidate experience? How will that you know benefit, of course, that longer term structure of retaining and not just attracting great talent, but retaining it as well? Absolutely. And you know what? There's some amazing um the businesses in the Northeast that do this so well. And you see from what they share and what people share about them. And I'll speak to some, I'll speak to people who maybe haven't been successful in a role, but will still be left with such a positive impression and be like, I would love to work for them at some point in the future. And it's and I think, do you know what? If you can get somebody through a process who ultimately isn't successful, but they're still are a big a, an ambassador of your business and and um, are still really positive. I mean, that shows how well that has been handled. Um, you hear some, well, I personally hear some absolute horror stories on a weekly basis about people getting through 
two, three stage processes and not hearing back, I'm asking them to do presentations, full application forms and not even getting a response. And then when they chase it, they get a basic automatic um, email or you can tell that they must have closed the job on the portal and that's why you've getting and I'm talking these are big senior candidates as well who who have this experience and it's I can't express the kind of the opinion people then have of that organization and how many people they do actually tell like I'll, I'll never ask somebody if they'll, they'll say oh, I went through this process and it in a little kind of explain scenario I'll never jump like kind of ask because I always think like the, if they, they wanted me to know they'll say and then they will tell me <laughs> and I'm just thinking oh my gosh if you're telling me on this quick conversation how many people are you sharing this information to and it's just having a written understanding of how quickly that news will travel and especially if you're um an organization that proclaim to have all of these values and um, look after your people and then to have that service behind that just has a, a huge a huge impact so it's a, it 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 is so important to do it to do it right for those two reasons that people will shout about it and be a real ambassador for your brand um if if it is if it is handled um handled correctly and also um just to touch on this point and I, it's something you you said in one of your emails Laura that when people are applying for roles, it's it's such a personal thing. It is such a personal. Um, there's some people who maybe say if you haven't interviewed in a while, the confidence level, even though they know they're good at what they do, put yourself forward in interviewing and put yourself in these situations that you wouldn't you wouldn't normally. Um, it really knocks people's confidence. And my job is most days I'm talking to people and I'm just trying to, and I, I hear them say something, oh, well, I just do this or I didn't get this job. So I, I might not be good enough. And I'm like, stop, stop saying those words. And like, we'll, we'll have a conversation about it. But a lot of the time that comes back to how they've been, um, how a process has been managed in the past and they take it on board so much. And Anybody who's recruiting for any role, I think it's just so, they need to be so mindful that there's a person behind that application and there could be a number of, a number of, of things behind that challenges that they've had or aspirations they have that need to be managed and they need to be managed in the best way possible as anybody else would want to be, um, how anybody else would want to be treated if, if they were going through it. And I just hear so many times when people maybe have had their confidence knocked and probably because the other person on the side hasn't done it intentionally, but they just haven't thought that, you know, there's a person that's took the time and effort to to make this application and has and and then for them to not hear anything or not to get feedback or not to have well thought out feedback um as well um is is that's like a really important part of the process. Uh, so I, I I do feel really passionate about that when I hear people who've who've had maybe it's not the the best experience. Um, that that's something that it's, people it sticks with us, doesn't it? It does. You carry it forward into the next application. So I completely agree with that. It's something that we need to to review in terms of that human centred approach that we take to the outcomes of a recruitment process. So whether that be good, bad, or indifferent, you know, not everyone that applies is going to be successful in that role. But just being able to manage that communication channel and remembering that a person's at the end of it is vital. I couldn't agree more with that, Sarah. So what would be your top tip 
for organisations today? What do you think would be maybe the one or two things that organisations really need to take on board in order to deliver that human-centred recruitment approach? I don't do just one tip, Laura. I don't, you, can, you can do as many as you like. I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> the, the, biggest, the biggest thing that I notice and that I hear and that I know that when I'm speaking to a client in the, in the or a certain way, it just makes the whole thing so much more enjoyable and have that pride. It's just that making sure that they know exactly who they are, what they need, what this role looks like and what it offers and just be clear in it. If you're, if, if, if you can represent your company well and articulate what it is that you need and where this wall will sit and the value this wall will bring, regardless of what that is, and be able to say, like, we 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 need this and we can offer you this in return and be able to really tell that story and get that buy-in. I think that is the biggest um, the biggest difference when I see anybody recruiting or any, I see any recruitment campaigns, that's what stands out, that more personalised approach of this is genuinely who we are and this is what we need and this is what it will look like um, in, in stand out and, we, and have that employer brand and that employer value proposition clear and it will just make the whole recruitment process so much easier for that attraction. Um, but then also make sure that what you portray on the outside is truly what the business is on the inside because then that just causes issues on the retention side if not um but yeah i think being able to tell that story have that passion but genuinely believe in the company that um you're recruiting for makes makes all the difference and that insight that you've shared there, Sarah, is really valuable. So if anyone of the listeners today are, regardless of how involved they are with the recruitment process, these are the things that I'd like anyone listening to this to really consider. And it might even be at team level in your organisation. So, you know, what 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 is our company? What do we stand for? What do we live and breathe? How does that then really portray in real life? How does that um, uh, come across in our recruitment advertising? How does that then come across in the process of having a person in front of you for the interview and right through for that entire candidate experience, right through until the starting point, isn't it? Because all of that um, makes a huge difference. So it's not just about attracting, as we said earlier, that great talent. It's about setting up those great people-centered processes. That means we're going to get good people. We are going to be able to support people through that quite difficult, challenging time. I remember the nerves kicking in massively for me. And I, I wouldn't say I'm a particularly nervous person in conversation, but I've been in some pretty brutal interviews and I've had some pretty poor experiences in my past. And I wouldn't wish that for anyone because it then does stay with you, as you mentioned earlier, into that next experience and may then dilute our confidence. But then all of those things kick in, that imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. I didn't get that job. I didn't get any feedback. All of these things are so vital for businesses to really consider what they're doing about their recruitment approach. It is. And then just kind of as you talk, it's just things where if you're an in, in-house recruiter, an internal team, you really need to understand, work with the managers to understand exactly what the role is so you can sell that story and ask those questions. But then if you're a, a, a general hiring manager that doesn't necessarily have 
input in the in the advert or kind of how the role's promoted to make sure that you are part of that conversation. And it's I know there's so many people involved in a in in a recruitment process that it's it, it can it can be challenging, but it's just a case of making sure that everybody who's involved in that recruitment has those conversations so they're all on the same page so everybody has that right training to interview correctly as you've just said that the recruitment team really truly understand the role that they are recruiting for so that they can effectively shortlist and aren't missing out on on people but also making sure that process for um applications is there or if you're working with a recruiter for any any of the roles to really um Ha- spend that time in in getting all of this this information across because it's our job as recruiters to really take that and then convert it into your brand and in your attraction so it, it, regardless of how you're going to market that conversation piece um and that fact finding piece is, is is important regardless of 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 who is who will be recruiting um but spending that time at that beginning stage to get everything as it needs to be, although it might be heavy time investment, and I know everybody's busy and not everybody has time for it, but it just pays yeah. dividends on the, at the other side. It really does. It really does. Uh, I think what you've shared today is spot on, Sarah, and it's just that nice insight, isn't it, to the stuff that we probably should all know, but maybe we don't practice often enough. And those nice reminders that there is a person at the end of that recruitment experience. So making sure that we, we you know, do the good thing and do the right thing by those people and, and share what steps are and, and commit to that. Sarah, how would people get in touch with you in terms of um, working alongside your business? So um, if I was um, an organisation looking for um, someone within HR, L&D, OD, whatever that might look like, how um, would I come to your organisation to take on your expert services? Uh, well, obviously, we can uh, direct them to the website, uh, the uh, the new updated website, but also Lovely. on LinkedIn. Um, I'm I'm really active on LinkedIn, so that's probably the um, the best way to connect, uh, and hopefully some of the, the that I share, which is generally always um, centered around candidate and employee experience. That certainly seems to be where the conversations are right now. Um, and also, I've just set up an inst- my business Instagram page, which I'm trying to uh, I'm trying oh, to follow us on Instagram as well. Good stuff. And I'll make sure all of the lovely information on all of the channels that we can get in touch with you are present on the show notes. So for everyone listening, head over to the show notes in whichever medium that you are consuming your lovely podcast content um, and have a look at all the details. Now, Sarah, um, we create a little bit of a one slash two pager toolkit on the back of some of our episodes. So what we will do is extract some of the great tips and hints that you've shared today and just populate them on a one or two pager for people to consider whether they are candidates or um, recruiting in organisations, some considerations based on what you've shared today. Would that be okay? Absolutely. And I've actually got a um, a downloadable uh, paper that I'm in the middle of producing a bit covering the candidate experience so if anybody is interested in receiving a copy of that on the website there's a link to sign up to a mailing list and then that will be shared um, as soon as that's available hopefully at the end of the month so I'll, uh, I'll have to share that with you as well Laura. Oh that would be great and if you've got that available um uh, we can get all that on but I'll definitely direct everyone to your mailing list I can also vouch for Sarah sharing some fantastic content you've got a great following on LinkedIn and I think the content you share is actually 
is if, it, if you ever decided to leave the world of recruitment, I think you would have a fantastic opportunity to be a great coach um, because some of the things that you share are just, again, so people focused and I think people really resonate and find that's why you are so successful in what you do because you really have that human approach nailed. Oh, thanks a lot. There you go again, being so kind, honestly. Same time again next week, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, again, I speak of the truth. Um, Sarah, always a pleasure to chat to you. Um, I do think you're a superstar. It's been massively oh, beneficial you. having you. Oh, thank you. Um, on the podcast, uh, which will be uh, coming everyone's way in no time at all. So everyone will be able to hear the wonderful delights that is Sarah McKenna HR Recruitment. Thank you so much. Have a fabby rest of your week, my lovely. Thanks again. Take it easy. Thanks, Bye. Laura. Bye.